sing.
Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. Say hello to those around you. We're so glad you're here. Christmas, everybody. I know, right? It's like, it's already here. Boom. Yeah, it's like, it's Tuesday, right? Tuesday's Christmas Eve. This is crazy. And I'm just, this is, this is great. I love this time of the year. And I know that like, just maybe 45 minutes ago, I was with a group of people. We were just talking about all the different things that this season produces. And I don't know where everybody's at, but I do know that we have something that we can lift up regardless of the highs or the lows that we're experiencing this Christmas time. And that's the message and hope that is only found in Jesus Christ. Amen. And so that's that's what that's the gift right there. The ultimate gift is Jesus Christ, and that's the gift that we celebrate. So a few things. Um, I'm going to share a little bit about Christmas Eve, and they're going to watch a really exciting video from one of our missionaries. But if you pass the friendship folders down the rows, I really appreciate that. Let us know you're here. If today is your first day, thanks for joining us, for hanging out with us this morning. Um, please go stop by the Welcome Center. They have something to give you for free. They'd love to answer any questions. Um, and more importantly, just to get to know your name and get to know your story. So please stop by the Welcome Center. Um, and if you have any questions about things that are happening around here or um, something that maybe I mentioned, uh, do go to our front page of our website or check with the Welcome Center. They can help you um, anything that you have questions about. Um, three services, three candlelight services, all identical, three, five, and seven. So my encouragement to you all is grab someone to come with you. Sit with you and your family. Sit with you. Um, just come, and, and all three are going to be the same. We're going to have candles with real fire, and we're just going to sing to Jesus, and we're going to lift him up and worship him and, and just celebrate this true gift that is Jesus Christ. And so three, five, and seven on Christmas Eve, and it's going to be a wonderful time. Uh, we're going to have a really good time as a church family. Uh, I'm going to share this video, so watch this video, and then we're going to have an update with the birthday gift of Jesus. Brothers and sisters of Library Baptist Church, Pastor Kerr Barner, we want to send our greetings to you in this special time of Christmas. You know, Christmas is a family time. You are part of my family. You are part of my family because you pray for us, you support us, you have a personal touch to us. Thank you so much. We don't have words to say thank you. And we are very happy because you are coming next year and we expect in uh, good times together, serving God uh, one more time in Ecuador, preaching the gospel, spread the word of God around the world. Thank you so much. And my family, 
My family is a missionary family. It's a real family missionary because my daughter now is in Congo, very far in Africa. Pray for her. She's serving the Lord in the missionary hospital there. Pray for protection. And my son, Stephen, and my, my daughter-in-law, Abigail, they are in Mexico. And we have very big news because we are coming to be our grandparents. This is a, it's a good moment for, for us. Thank you so much. And we want to say one thing to you. One, two, three. Merry Christmas! And Feliz Navidad! God bless you. Thank God for that, guy. We are heading down there this summer. If you'd like to be a part of our missions trip to Ecuador, that will be this summer, uh, the end of June. And uh, we'll be sharing more about that coming up in January to help you get on that trip. We're going to go down. We'll be with Daniel Nanita and Quito. And uh, they have a, a number of great things planned for us. And so we're looking forward to that. But I want to thank God for our missionaries. You know, they are out there. They're serving the Lord so faithfully all over the world. We have Daniel and Anita, and they have a team. You know, we give them on our list, you'll see $6,000. He has a team of uh, six or eight families that he works with, and, and they all work together in the ministry. And so as we send him these gifts, he distributes it and helps them buy food. He helps them with their cars. He helps them with, the, with uh, all their needs that they have. And so it's, it's our joy as a church to come alongside and serve these people like this. And, and I just want to encourage you, take out the, uh, the, the, uh, the in, your, in your bulletin, there's a list there. You'll see the list. We also have a directory of all the missionaries. You can have a picture of all the missionaries. They're in the foyer. Ask around out there, and they'll give you this. We handed them out last week, but there are many more out there available today. And you can just look at all the pictures and just pray over them. So far, our goal is 90,000. So far, we are just at about 55,000. Look at that red creeping up there, right? 54,978. Can we thank God for that? That's exciting. And so I'd like to ask you to continue to pray about your part. Give more to Jesus than anybody else. It's his birthday. It's amazing how we can just get lost in the shuffle of Christmas. We can be so busy. I'll tell you what, I've been so busy already, and, and Christmas isn't even here. I, I've had more carbs than I can handle already, you know what I'm saying? So it's like uh, I, want, I want to be able to get through Christmas, but as I do it, I want to be able to give to something that's going to outlast me. It's going to outlast Christmas season in our town. As we give to these folks, and we're able to see children all over the world uh, being touched by the gospel, and orphanages and, and places like the Philippines and places like Haiti. Here's another picture. This card came in yesterday. I received this in the mail. And uh, this is a picture from Haiti. This was from Pastor Fritz Voltaire. And uh, you'll see uh, over there that that Christmas card was made out of banana skins. And so they sent it. It's a physical note. came in the mail. And in so many words through broken English, he says, I want to take this opportunity to wish you a Merry Christmas. And so... I'm thankful for the missionaries that we have out there. We're supporting them, and uh, they're praying in places like Haiti and Ecuador. They're praying, God, just provide. Provide. We'll, we'll do whatever you've asked us to do. Just provide. And so we're excited to be on the providing end. As God has blessed you, you're able to bless others. Uh, as you look through the bulletin, you'll see I'm, I'm looking at the, uh, Daniel and Rebecca Barons. They're on Border Town Ministries along Texas. and. And he sent me a real nice email this week, and we'll get some more of those things out to you just so you can hear the stories of what's happening. Like, people's lives are being changed. They're working with people. They, go, they come back and forth across the border to Mexico and into the United States, and they're, and they're, they're bringing people to Jesus. And they've seen some absolute miracles. Uh, that's uh, Rebecca Boer, who grew up here in the church, uh, Dave and Amanda's daughter. We're so thankful for for Dave and Amanda, you've raised, you've raised a missionary and a pastor out of your family. Thank God for the Boers, man, you know? You, you ask Dave how that happened, he'll tell you, I don't know, because uh, he's just a humble man of God. He's, he's been faithful, and I just love Dave. I love Amanda. I love their family. And uh, we're just thanking God what, what he's doing in, in our church through, and around the world. You'll see Josh and Denise Stewart. They're over in Ireland. I was looking up some things on Facebook and just trying to find out what's happening with them. So I want to encourage you, take this, this directory and go home and, and look them up. These are real people. 
send them a note. Like, say, hey, our church is praying for you. It would be great if they hear, hear from 20 people in our church this week and, and just send a note to Daniel Gonzalez. You know, and I, I talk to him on WhatsApp. You know, you, you can find these guys and talk to them. Just say, hey, we're thinking of you and Feliz Navidad to you, right? And so, and just have some fun with these folks. But all over the world, we have the people in the Philippines. Of course, Pastor Al has a real strong connection there, him and Linda. Linda growing up there in the in the orphanage and uh, and in the ministry over there and Pastor Al went over there and God blessed him with a wonderful wife and uh, and and now we keep strong connections to supporting them as well. So I just want to encourage you because as we come to Christmas, let's make it more about Jesus than it is about ourselves. This time I'd like to ask our ushers to come forward. We'll receive our morning offering. And if you're giving this morning to the birthday gift to Jesus, please designate it as such and we'll make sure it gets to the right fund. Everything that comes in Even over and above the goal, everything that comes in will go out to missionaries around the world. And I'm so happy that I can stand here and let you know that because we we don't take it and assume it into our budget. We take and we give it all around the world. And so God is so good. Amen. What a, what a blessing for our little church up on the hill here. Uh, I always say pe- half the people in Finleyville don't know we're here, but we're touching around the globe at the same time. So we're, what what a powerful opportunity God's given us. And if you're giving, uh, considering year-end giving, there's a statement in the bulletin just so that you can make sure it gets accounted before uh, before the year expires. So if you need that uh, for for tax purposes, it, it must be postmarked and all that good stuff by the end of the year. So if uh, just look at the bulletin, you'll get all that information. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Our Father and our God, we come before you, Lord, and it's a, it's a great privilege and a joy to give to you. Lord, we know that as we give to you, it takes all all of our gifts together. You've blessed all of us. And God, whether it's a $5 gift, a $50 gift, a $5,000 gift, that, that's between you and, and us, Lord. We, we serve you and we humbly give to you of what you have given to us. So, Lord, you said out of the Scripture, in your Scriptures, you said out of proportion to what I've given to you, give back to you. So, Lord, I pray that you'll just be with each person in this room, Lord, as we give to you now, Christmas Eve, and and in the days to come, Lord, as we continue to just trust you, that step of faith where we come, let us adore him. And, Lord, we're making this so much more than words. We're making this reality. We've come to adore you, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. As the wise men brought gifts, Lord, we give our gifts to you this morning. And God, so we ask now that you'll be with each, each gift and each giver, that you will give us a blessing and uh, continue to bless the church. We lift up Christmas Eve gatherings, Lord, 3 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 7, Lord. We lift them up to you. I just pray you'll be with each one of our people as they're going out and they're inviting people and they're, they're letting the word be known. God, do what only you can do. And we're going to be so, uh, so much all about you this week, God, because... That's what this place is all about, is Jesus Christ. In your name we pray. Amen. Like a frost on a rose, winter comes for us all. Oh, how nature acquaints us with the nature of patience. Like a seed in the snow, I've been buried to grow. For your promises, loyal, from sea to sequoia. And I know Though the winter's long Even richer The harvest and bread Though my waiting prolongs Even greater Your promise for me Like the sea I believe that my season will come Lord, think of your love Like a low winter sun And as I gaze I am blinded In the light of 
at the fact that the manger is not a way, it is the way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So it was through Jesus Christ. And if Jesus had not came and he chose a manger, like how, how humble, how incredible that Jesus would come and choose a manger, lowly in a manger. He chose the lowest possible place to come so that he could identify with us. And so as we've been going through this, uh, through this journey of, of Christmas and looking, we've looked through the eyes of the shepherds. Uh, today we're going to look through the eyes of the shepherds. We look through the eyes of Mary. We look through the eyes of Joseph. We look through the eyes of Isaiah. Uh, from whenever the prophecy 700 years before Christ came, they were foretold. And so today I want us to look through the shepherds because the shepherds are, are sometimes we just look at them and we think, oh, how nice. The shepherds, and it makes you have a nice sentimental feel uh, about the manger scene. You put it up, and this is the baby, this is Mary, this is Joseph, and here's the shepherds. And, and we just feel so good about it all. But this was not something to just feel good about. This is a record. This is history. This is his story, like the story of God. And he chose to include these shepherds. So I'm going to show you a video clip this morning This uh, to start. This is a... A dramatization of what a shepherd might have uh, had a fireside chat. When I was a kid, there was this one day I was troubled about something. I don't even remember what it was. 
my father noticed and um, he comes over to me and he places his hands on my head and he says Shalom son do you know what that means yes I nodded I said I meant peace then my daddy he, uh, he knelt beside me and he took my face in his big calloused shepherd's hands he said yes peace more and then he put a finger on my heart and he said Shalom God's highest and most complete good be upon you that is my prayer for you my son He left his staff with me and I've looked for it what he mentioned Shalom all these years when the angels came there was no hint of wind no clouds just stars so many stars he showed himself to us <laughs> suddenly and there was an angel brighter than stars who spoke and said do not be afraid I have good news your savior has your savior has been born and he lies in a manger And then quiet, as if the whole world is waiting to breathe. A savior, God's highest and most greatest good for us, for me. And then suddenly, multitudes of angels shattered, shattered the silence, saying, glory, glory, glory. God is on earth. There's peace on earth. My father's prayers, I've seen finally Shalom chapter 2 verse 8 we're going to begin we're going to I want you to think about the shepherds today I want you to think about peace I want you to think of all the powerful things that God has given to you as the way in the manger because he is the way to peace and the shepherds as we look this morning we're going to find that the shepherds tell us something about how to respond about how to respond in faith Luke chapter 2 verse 8 now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields keeping watch over their flocks by night and behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. <clears throat> the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into, into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing uh, that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. 
And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. This morning, as we consider the shepherds, I want you to consider their faith. They had a great faith, and as they responded, there's a few lessons that we can learn here as you look. They are out and they're just doing their normal routine, and all of a sudden, God shows up. The sky lights up. There's an angelic presence. Uh, An angel comes and says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. He tells them what the baby will look like. Now, they're afraid. They're terrified. The sky lights up with a heavenly host. And think about this, because in, in the Christmas account that we have, Remember, this is history recorded. It's his story. God's giving us his story. So this is an eyewitness account. Luke comes along and he writes down the eyewitness accounts. Luke interviews the shepherds. He's got it from the shepherds. They saw the angels. They saw the heavenly host praising God. Glory to God in the highest. So they are taken back and and they're afraid. And the angel tells them, don't be afraid. And what happens here? We see, here's what we see. That the first thing is that the shepherds, not only were they caught off guard, but they listened. They learned to hear well. And, and there's, a, there's something to be said about learning how to spiritually hear, how to spiritually listen to God, like lean in. What is God talking to me? And so the, they did, and you see how that they reacted. They, they went in and they followed through. <clears throat> have, you, have you ever been accused of not listening? Husbands, have you ever been accused of that? Oh, only me? Thank you. Maybe a few of your wives have been accused of not listening. You know, have you have you ever said something and your wife comes back and says, "I told you that two weeks ago." You're like, "You did?" Okay, and it's like, "Ooh, okay." I see a few elbows going on out there. It's happening out there, right? Uh, and, and you can listen and sometimes not hear. You can listen and and not place it down deep inside. And that's what that's what many people are um, are struggling with today. They they know the facts of Christmas, but they haven't listened. They haven't leaned in. They're not hearing well the gospel. They're not hearing and let it become personal. Good tidings of great joy. Listen, the good tidings, good news becomes great joy when we make it personal. So the shepherds made it personal. And what did they do here? Uh, Romans 10:17 says this, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Uh, when we when we lean in and we listen to the word of God, no, don't just take it and move on. Lean in, listen to it, hear it and let it sink into our life. You know, I tell people all the time to get into God's word. You have the we have the written word today and you can read God's word. We also have the, uh, the the Bible on your phones and on your on your tablets and computer, and so go download the the Bible app and, and let it play to you. Like literally, it, you can hear the Word of God. Let it speak to you. You have to remember in, in the day that uh, Romans was written, there wasn't a uh, you know you had to go down to the to the temple to hear the Bible be read. Hearing comes by uh, faith comes by hearing. If you want to grow your faith, you have to hear the Word of God. And I want to encourage all of us today is to come and to hear the Word of God. You're here this morning. You're growing your faith. You're hearing the Word of God. And so sometimes, check this out, it's easy to get distracted by the messenger. The shepherds didn't get distracted. And my encouragement is to you today, don't get distracted by the messenger. Because some messengers are flashy. You know, could you imagine if you had the angelic experience? Like, man, we got to see an angel. That would be so cool. And you'd go out and you'd be telling everybody under the sun. But do you realize that most people didn't have the angel experience? It was Mary had an angel. She said, you're going to have a, you know, the angel said, you're going to have a baby. It's going to be God's. She tries to tell Joseph. An angel has to get involved to help Joseph because he isn't going to believe this unless there's an angel involved, right? So he, he gets involved. And then the very next people that get involved are the, the common people. He, he goes out, check this out, the shepherds were not high on the social class. They were not educated. They were not, they did not have social power. They were just common people. 
the shepherds heard the word from the angels. They, uh, they, they went out and, uh, you know, I'm sure the angels were impressive speakers. I'm sure they were riveting. They caught their attention by far. But these, these messengers, you know, the word angel just means messenger. And so the, the angel came in the sky and, and lit up the sky and, and they see all this brightness and all the glory of God. And, and so they, they, he gives it to some very common people. He didn't go to Herod. He didn't go to any of the church leadership. He went directly off to the normal people, to the ordinary people. And folks, may I say this, that God often uses ordinary people. That God is looking for you right where you're at. You know, the, the shepherds did not have much to offer. Uh, they were just common people. As a matter of fact, they were, uh, they were smelly. They were out working with animals. And you can only imagine how it smelled. And you can only imagine uh, their reputation. They were not well looked on. They were not like, hey, when I grow up, I want to be a shepherd. It was, uh, it was, it was a, a tough job. And they were out there and they were dealing with these sheep all the time. You know, today we're in a, in a similar experience. Check this out. The, the, the angels came to the shepherds. But when the shepherds came, they told Mary that they saw the angel. They went around town. They told everybody, we saw angels. And, and, they told, and the angel said that this is the Messiah, that Jesus was going to be born, the Savior would be born, would find him wrapped in swaddling clothes. And, and yeah, and, and we went there and we saw it. And so these are the first messengers. The very first messengers are going out are not the important people. It's the common people. And it sends a big message for us. You know, it's easy not to hear the message sometime because a message comes because of the messenger is an ordinary person. Sometimes we can be, we can discredit the message. I've heard people tell me that through the years. Well, I don't like the pastor. I don't like this guy. I don't like this speaker. And uh, well, I was like, well, did he speak truth? Okay. Then maybe you should lean in and hear the message. Uh, well, I didn't like, you know, th- this guy, he, 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 he had all kind of problems. Listen, you go through the Bible, you read the book of Psalms. David sinned with Beersheba and, uh, and uh, with Bathsheba. And so as he, as he had that great sin, God still used him. He wrote many of the Psalms and we still read them. So in your life, I want you to think about this. There, there may be a great message you heard from a, from a great man of God. And, and, and maybe they, they have fallen. I want you to not confuse the messenger with the message. Because God will just use normal, ordinary, flawed men and women of God to carry his message. Psalm chapter 19 verse 10 says this. And this is why it's so important to hear the word of the Lord. They are more desirable. He's talking about the decrees of God. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. Could you imagine if we were giving out sticks of gold on Christmas Eve? Wouldn't that be cool? Hey, come to Crossroads. You get a stick of gold. You'd be like, yeah, you know. You wouldn't have to beg anybody to come. We'd be selling tickets to get in here, right? And, uh, and, and, and listen, that's what we're doing. We're giving away something that's higher than that. Like, like we're giving away, God says here, David said in the Psalms, more than gold. Look at this from Psalm 119.72. Your instructions are more valuable to me than millions in gold and silver. I'll tell you what, I'd take a quick million, wouldn't you? But I'll tell you, more than the millions of gold and silver is God's Word. And so every Sunday, check this out, when we come together, we're growing your faith, you get to open up and something that is higher value than anything you can put a price tag on. More than millions. Uh, we, we see a positive encouragement here. Uh, but Mary kept all these things, verse 19, Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And, you know, as we come to that, we always look and say, well, here was a mom and she's with her baby and she's remembering how the baby reached up and grabbed his finger. And she's remembering the swaddling clothes and, and she has all these memories of, of the baby and she's hiding them in her heart. And that's exactly what happens. You know, as you talk to any mom, they go back and they reflect. They remember when their baby's one month old. They remember when their baby's two months, two years, ten years. And they, they have all these memories that they store. But it says here something a little bit more powerful. It says she pondered them in her heart. And so the word ponder means this. It means to, to, uh, to really think about, to put in context, and to ask, how does this fit in? 
She is pondering what the shepherd said. If you read it in, in, in the passage there, she is pondering. Like the shepherds came, and now uh, when they had seen him, they made widely known. Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. She heard the message from the shepherd. So she heard it, and an angel visits her. Angel visits the shepherds, and they come and they give this message that, hey, we're here to see the newborn king. We, and so she's putting it all together. And I want to encourage you today to, to ponder God's word, like to, to not just blitz through it. Actually, I think many people just forget it. We have this more precious than gold, higher than millions, way more than worth millions. I, I'm, I'm just not disciplined to read it. Wait a minute. Higher than millions. Like, like I got to get into this. And so here's what he says here. He says here that, uh, that, that she pondered that. So she took the word. It was the angel's message, right? So she's pondering. How does all this fit in? He's a little baby. How does this all fit in? She's putting it all together. And I want you to know that it's okay for you to ponder, for you to take time to think about it. To go home and, and, and think, well, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Go home and ponder that like, and think about that. Like, look at your manger scene under your tree. Look at your tree today. Sit and have a quiet moment and, and just ask yourself, God, how does this fit in? How does this fit into my job? How does this fit into the brokenness that I'm dealing with, with, with my broken family, broken relationships? God, how does this fit in with the... The loss. I'm grieving the loss of a loved one at this time. And, and, and you just put this all together and let him put it together for you. Because uh, the scriptures tell us here, Psalm 119, 130, The unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. God gives us, as, as you read his word, you ponder it, he unfolds it. He keeps unfolding it. Did you ever get a gift and you open it up? And you try to put it back in that box. You know, it's like it's packed in there so tightly. And you pull it out. You're like, oh, it's not my style <laughs> or it doesn't fit me, right? You want to go put that thing back in there? It'll never get back in that box, right? Because once you unfold it, it's open. It's so much bigger. That's what God's word is for you and I. He says that the unfolding of your word gives light. So the more you ponder it, and this is what Mary did. Mary, Mary said, this was the message from God, like, like, and it just kept opening up and opening up. And that's what God wants to do in your life. So I want to encourage you to, to take God's Word and ponder it and, and to really dig in and just think about who He is. Think about what does His Word say. Why did He say that? And just lean into that. I do that every year as I come to Christmas. Uh, you know, it's, uh, as you think about a Christmas series, and, you know, as I was looking this year, I said, man, away in a manger. Jesus isn't a way in a manger. He's that way in the manger. And so the, it starts to unfold, and all of a sudden you see, wow, look what God is teaching me, what, what he continues to talk about. Uh, peace. You know what? That, that peace was a big theme there. Shalom was the, the Hebrew word for peace. And it, it meant a sense, uh, it was like a greeting. They would say shalom. And it meant a sense of wholeness, a sense of wellness, a sense of completeness. And as we think about peace here, glory to God in the highest, Luke 2.14. The angel says, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. And peace in the Bible, here's what it means. It means the war is over. Uh, it doesn't mean prosperity. It doesn't mean that you'll have everything that you want. It means that the war is over. Peace means the end of enmity and war. The, the most important part about peace is to have peace with God. And that is what the manger was all about. That's what the way in the manger is all about. Jesus came so that he could make peace with God and man. He came so that you could have peace, so that you could no longer be at war. You see, there's a war that takes place in all of our lives. It's a war between us and God. And you say, well, I don't feel like I'm at war with God. But uh, I want you to understand today, we all are. Uh, I, as somebody who is a non-religious person would say, well, I just want to live my life. I'm going to do whatever I want, and I don't really care what, what the Bible or anybody else says, and, and, uh, and, and I'm going to do my own thing, right? And so that's, that's how we wage war against God. This is God's way. This is my way. But I want you to think about how a religious person might wage war. 
A religious person might say this, I'm going to obey the Bible and I'm going to do all those things that God says in his word. And now God has to bless me. He has to do good to me. He has to give me the good life. And you see what that becomes, that becomes an effort to control God. It's no longer trusting him. When you obey God in order to earn God's blessing and try to get uh, try to get heaven on your obedience, try to get the good life based upon your obedience, you're not seeking the Savior. You're seeking to be your own. You're trying to do this on your own. And, and so either way is this war. And so there's this war between us and God. So the first thing that we have to do is we have to recognize that there's been a conflict. Um, Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrated His love toward us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus came to this earth. He paid the price for your sin. And He did it to make peace. You know, there's, you can have a ceasefire in a war. A war can come to have ceasefire, but there's still hostility, isn't there? And so here's what happens is, God has come to no longer... So He doesn't want no hostility. He's made peace. There is no longer a problem with me and God because Jesus took my sin on the cross. And this morning I want to encourage you, that little baby that was born in the manger, he grew up, he lived a perfect life, he died on the cross, he paid for your sin, he came back to life again. And this is his story. He's given it to us. And as we remember Christmas time, him coming, we're able to remember that it was the beginning of peace. And not only peace, that we could have peace with God, but we could have peace with others. Hostilities with God leads to hostilities with other people. Now catch that. When, when, when I don't have peace with God, there, there's something wrong with my relationship with God. It always comes out in my relationship with others. That's why you hear so much in the, in the New Testament about love one another, all the one another's, because this relationship with God always impacts this relationship with each other. And so as we're coming, there's hot, if we have hostility between God and myself, that hostility always works out in somebody else. And your relationship with your friends and maybe your relationship with your family and maybe relationship in your community uh, come into a time of conflict. Boy, you will see if you've got peace with God. If you're having conflict and you don't have peace with God, there's no way that you'll be able to solve the peace on the outside. There is no peace on earth because there is no peace with God. You'll never have peace on earth until we have peace with God. And so when the angels came... And the angel says that there's peace on earth. This was not, hey, not everything's going to be peaceful. He wasn't saying that governments will all get along now. Although, if you look and see the prophecies, you see that one day when Christ is reigning on this earth, oh, it's going to be glorious and there will be ultimate peace there. But he says the peace on earth now. This was the time when that baby came to that manger. That was the way to peace. And he provided it. Himself. Once we have peace with God, we can have, we can become a peacemaker. You become a peacemaker. Now check that out. You, uh, you have this ability to come into your life and no longer cause problems. No longer instigate. No longer fuel the fire. God has called us who have peace with God to make peace with others. And if you're not making peace with others, it always comes back to your peace with God. I want to encourage you this morning to come back and have peace with God. Because peacemakers are so needed in our world today. Peacemakers are people who through making peace with God have finally learned to admit their flaws, their weaknesses. They've learned how to surrender their pride. How to love without the need to control every situation. How to love without control. You know, I have found that I can't control anybody. Have you noticed that? Do you ever try to control your spouse? It doesn't happen. I mean, if you've learned how to do that, please give me the 10 easy steps, okay? I don't think it's possible, right? Can you control a child, whether he's 3 years old or 30 years old, right? You can't control another human being. But I'll tell you what I can control is me. 
I can let God change me. I can let the Spirit of God come and give me peace inside. And now I don't have to be right. I don't have to win every argument. You know, the person who has to win every argument is not at peace. And they're likely not at peace with God. Like, like there's something, maybe, maybe they didn't feel like God's accepted them unless they've won every argument. Um, there's no arguments to win, folks. I don't have to care. See, when I have peace with God, I don't have to care what you think about me because I have peace with God. And, and, and that changes your life. This is a new skill that God gives you once you become a believer. Matthew 5, 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called the sons of God. In other words, this is how God, how you will know that you're a believer. And this is how the, our community will know that we're believers, that we're followers, that we are the children of God. They will know it by the peace that we make, not by the arguments that we start, but by the peace, that, the, and not just ceasefire, by the hostilities that are removed because we have had our hostility removed. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength now because my hostility with the Creator is free and I don't have to win every war. I don't have to win every battle. I can be humble. You know, when Jesus came to that manger, wasn't that humble? I mean, He's God of the universe and He says, I'm going to come and I'm going to be to the lowliest form of life. And then the very first people who are going to hear the news are going to be a bunch of smelly shepherds. And so they came in and they, they carried peace. You know, Christmas means that through the grace of God, through the incarnation of peace itself, Jesus coming to earth, that peace is available for you. Then you can go out and you can make peace. You can be a peacemaker. You can make peace with everybody. And, and God gives us the ability to do it. Christmas means the increase of peace. It is absolutely peace on earth and it comes from God with God and between people if you need peace I'm going to give you a very practical passage here from the book of Philippians this morning I think many of us we get anxious about things don't we we fret about problems and disasters and and, and all the things that we deal with in our life now here's how to have peace here's an ABCs ready check this out Philippians 4 rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. Be anxious for nothing. But, so he says, stop being anxious. But, by prayer, in everything by prayer, supplication and thanksgiving. Those are just forms of praying. Praying for other people. Pray for your needs. Have a thankful heart. Let your request be made known to God. Wow. There it is. Let your request be made known to God. And the very same sentence continues on. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts, will guard your minds through Christ Jesus. God will guard your heart, your emotion. God will guard your mind. He will guard it if we come to Him and let our request be made known. You know what happens when I'm not talking to God? I'm trying to be in control. I'm not making peace because I'm in control. And when I'm in control, my pride's in charge. When your pride's in charge, folks, there's no peace. There's just no peace. You're angry. You're mad. You're upset. You've got to get even. And God says, listen, I, you want to talk about getting even? I owe a debt of sin to God. I've sinned thousands upon thousands of times. And I owe this tremendous debt to God. And God said, I'm not going to get even with you. I'm going to die on the cross and pay for your sin. Oh, I've been set free. Now in my family, I don't have to get even. I don't have to get even in my community. I don't have to get even in a conflict. I can walk away and be the loser. Why? Because I have been the winner with God. He's already changed my life. He has set me free. He says, blessed are the peacemakers. They shall be called the sons of God. But the peace of God, nobody can understand the peace. Like my world at times is falling apart around me. And I can lay there and go, oh God, I know that you are with me. Everything's all right. 
Everything's all right. I don't have to win. I don't have to have the financial advancement. I don't have to have the physical, uh, the physical healing. I don't have to have all those things that we look for. I know that I have peace because God is with me even when it is not happening in my favor. He says to the angels, fear not. The angels tell them, fear not to the shepherds. Don't be afraid for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy. You know, today in our world, we fear a lot of things, don't we? Uh, we fear. Now, check this out. They were fearing the holiness of God. It was like, they, here they are. They're, they're out there. They're tending their sheep. And all of a sudden, the sky lights up. And, and they're like, no, they're afraid. Not just because it was an angel and you normally didn't see them. But the holiness of God was on display. And the holiness of God is coming down saying, my son is going to be born. And the shepherds are like, no. Kind of like Isaiah. Woe is me. I'm an undone man. And the shepherd says, no, no, you don't have to be afraid. Because I've come to take care of that. That baby has come to make peace for you so that you don't have to be afraid of God. This morning, folks, we don't have to be afraid of God. We don't have to be afraid of what people think about us. Oh, thank you, God. I know so many people who are living in fear. They, they live fear of rejection, the fear of failure. Folks, may I tell you that you will be rejected? You will fail? Um, you, you, you will understand the more that we understand that I don't have to be afraid because I have peace with God. The more your life will be changed. Do not fear. And then he says, behold, behold, do not fear, but behold, look to God. Folks, do not fear the things of this world. Do not fear the, the ups and downs of life. Do not fear what people think about you. Do not fear failure, rejection. But look to God. Look to Him. Ponder all these things in your heart. Have peace with God and make peace with others. Let's close in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, I want to invite you to Jesus. Peace is a powerful, powerful gift that God has given to us. And He's given us this gift by His Son, Jesus Christ, the way in the manger. There's no other way to God except through Jesus Christ. And so this morning, I'm going to invite you to Jesus. If you've not opened your heart to Jesus, would you cry out to Him this morning? Would you just say something like this? Dear God, I, I need your peace. I haven't had peace. There's a war. And I'm ready to surrender to you. You died on the cross. You were buried. You rose again. You're the only way to God. I humble myself. I invite you into my life right now. And for others in this room, maybe you're dealing with some areas of life you need to be a peacemaker. Maybe your marriage is on the rocks. I want you to know this morning that God can bring peace there. But only God can do it. And you got to start with God. Don't try to change your spouse. Only God can do that. But you can meet with God and you can surrender let Him change you. Maybe you're having peace problems at work, in your family, peace with many, many areas. I'm going to ask you to come to God and just remember the peace that He's given to you and go out and dispense that peace to others. Father God, I ask that you be with each person in here. May they ponder these things all week long as we sit and have family gatherings and open up gifts and unwrap the paper. Lord, may we ponder the gift of the way in the manger. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the peace. Lord, many in this room opened their heart, no doubt. They just opened their heart and trusted Jesus. And God, we rejoice. The angels in heaven are rejoicing for those that have come to know you this morning. And Lord, for others in this room, I pray you give them the power, Lord, as they go through some hard times this week. Some of them will be around relatives they haven't been around for a while. 
God, help the people of God to be the peacemakers. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together. If you'll greet those around you, God bless you, and we'll see you Tuesday, 3, 5, and 7. Take your pick.